welcome to Sex and Life. It's a podcast that talks about uh, sex and how it interfaces with our daily lives. I wanted to make sure you said interfaces. Yeah, de- definitely interfaces. <laughs> so uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to the playground conference that we talked about uh, when Samantha Fraser was on. I met a shit ton of great people. Yeah. One of them is here with us today, Malcolm Lovejoy. Hello. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Living the dream, man. Living being, the dream. Being the dream, man. Uh, life is great. Welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be here. So, Malcolm, how did you get into porn? Uh, it, it's been stages. Um, I've always dreamt about... I've always dreamt about sexuality being my job. Um, it's what I got into music for. I, I say this because it's the fucking truth. Like, when I was 13 years old, I had a moment of clarity, literally an Oprah aha moment. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Rock stars travel from city to city and make love every night to different women. Oh, my God. Being a rock star is the best job ever. So, you know, that's why I got into music when I was young. And then as time went on, I... My heroes were all the 80s rap dudes, like, you know, KRS-One and Chuck D and, you know, NWA. The more positive ones, the more more social ones as opposed to club hip-hop? Nah, just the good ones. <laughs> just, I, liked, <laughs> I liked Ice-T, too. Like, I love NWA. I love just, I love hardcore gangster rap, but I love lyrical, good songwriters, like real hip-hop dudes who were MCs. Like, yeah. You know, but I mean, I, I personally was a positive dude, so Chuck D and Public Enemy meant a lot to me in KRS-One, but. So, uh, but then, you know, I mean, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, musicians get lots of pussy. <laughs> this, is, this is great. So, you know, and that's no different than most rock stars in all of human history. So, but then, uh, you know, I did that for a long time. And then this year I was just like, you know, why the fuck don't I do it myself? Then I, I just removed music as the middleman. Yeah. That's it. So what, you, you started producing your own porn or, or? I'm not there yet. Okay. <laughs> um, pretty much, I'm. I'm just kind of doing my porn demo, so to speak, and learning everything I can about the industry on every possible level. Like I'm an actor, absolutely. I acted in my first porn in March this year. Um, yeah, so I just been an actor. Um, I'm like marching. I've been writing about relationships for a few years. Um, and just exploring, doing, well, t- taking nude pictures, doing nude modeling. Uh, How'd you get that gig in, in March? Like, was it just, you looked on Craigslist and... No, to be honest, I spent all of last year, literally the whole year, going to conferences, going to every sex shop in the city, just going to nude bike rides, um, Hanlon's Point. I, <laughs> I was on the Naked News so many times, I know all those people. Like, I was just in anything that was sex positive and just, just pornographic or just erotic or anything and i was just looking for people in toronto that wanted to network or build or do porn so um thank god god bless ananda at come as come as you are down on queen street um i kept going into that sex store and one of many and they just knew me and i just kept checking the bulletin boards and one day i went in and she was like yo i got a number for somebody who's looking for toronto porn stars like looking for dudes who want to do it and i'm like yes thank god and then i met somebody i got a number and life's been different so and what company was that for um they actually go by pvp um purple video productions and uh they i shot my first scene with them we shot it at m4 
which is a sex club in Mississauga. And um, the girl that I shot with, she actually has dropped out of porn, as far as I know, um, which happens to a lot of women in Toronto. Um, it's very, like, clandestine, in-and-out kind of career for yeah. some people. It's difficult. But um, so uh, I shot with them. I, it was great. Um, we had a great interviewing process. We sat down and talked for, like, two hours and just tried to see each other's philosophy and it was great. It was just like, at the end of it, he said the most important thing. He goes, I just wanted to make sure you didn't hate women. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of guys get into porn for weird reasons. And like, you know. Yeah, but they don't usually last long either, I would think. Mm-mm. You mean like on the scene or on the shoot of the day? I you, heard, uh, you, just, you said lasting uh, long. I could, just in the industry. In <laughs> I'm going to shake your hand. Every you. sentence is a double entendre, at least. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're dealing. <laughs> or in every sentence. So, um... Uh, uh, but actually, happen- but I, I want to add to your point. Okay. You're great. Um, not only do they not last long, um, they shouldn't last long, but the problem is they do enough damage to make people um, misunderstand pornography or they put out some ignorant, unhealthy video or whatever. What, what, what would you consider ignorant or unhealthy? If you were to, to take a moment from mainstream porn and say, this happens a lot and it should. Well, it's, that's, there's the rub. <laughs> you know, like one person's unhealthy is another person's fantasy. So like, I don't want, for me, one thing that I like is some kind of balance of power. Like, mm. you know, like, most of the problem that women have with mainstream pornography is like it's all for the man and it's all from the man's perspective and it ends with a dominant position of a man ejects usually standing up ejaculating on a woman's face who may or may not want to receive that so it's like it it makes a lot of people think that every woman wants to be fucked that way and wants to have sex in that way and whatever and it's just it's all for from the male perspective and obviously quote-unquote male gaze Mm-hmm. So it's just like there's no balance in it. It's like you don't see what like what does it look like from that woman looking up at a dick. Like I've has anyone ever seen that shot in porn? Like if a woman on her knees looking at a dick that's about to ejaculate. You know what? I've I've been in that position. That. No, uh, have I been in that position? I might have. <laughs> um, it remind me of a really funny joke by uh, a Toronto comic Adger Ivan Me shout out, but he he had this joke about him doing that to uh to his partner and uh he's so caught up in it and it's just so enjoyable and then it happens and then he says oh my god you're a person <laughs> <laughs> we went to ikea earlier today and now i do this too and, and it's true and uh and it seems to perpetuate uh the the negative attitude that men might have towards women yeah, like, I mean, there, and I mean, primarily, there's just such little balance to the sexuality that is in mainstream pornography. Like, the women are very, <clears throat> women, oral sex rarely happens. Um, women are very not often dominant or in any kind of power position or, you know, it's just not a balanced situation. It's the man taking what he wants and then busting his nut and leaving. And it's like, are people even sure if she came um, mm. and if she ejaculated, it's like a fetish thing often. And it's a kind of a bit of a circus act. And it's not like it's not really much of a man. service. there's just all kinds of power imbalances primarily. That's that's in my personal perspective. And you can have that 
power imbalance. That's what BDSM is. It's like people are like, I offer myself to you yeah. and I, I serve you. And like, that's what it can be. And you can even have that outside of BDSM and be like, like there's times where I'm just like, I just want to eat pussy and make her come five or six times. And that's all I want to do. And like, I'm happy to do that. I like a female power imbalance where she is the dominant force in my sexuality. But, um, that's the kind of porn that I'm trying to create personally. And I don't see that much of it in reality. And do you think that maybe uh, the majority of men haven't evolved to the point where they can see a woman being powerful and still feel like they're a man. Absolutely. That's the number one thing that when they say she's a slut, she's a bitch, she's a whore is the taking away of power from her personality, from her identity, from her existence. Like it's on that, that all those things, all they want to do is to chop down the person's like reduce their power because any time a woman asserts herself sexually, it's, it's a, it's an act of power. It's like uh, the woman's like in the middle of a party or a dance floor or anywhere. And she's like, yo, fuck this. I'm sucking some dick. Cause I feel like it. Or I'm bending over and getting fucked. Cause I feel like it. I'm doing, I'm taking control of my own power and my own identity. And somebody, some fucking insecure man will look at it and be like, Oh, that slut. And it's like, how dare she be powerful and like take, take charge of her own sexuality. And that's exactly what we're dealing with. It, it seems like men, like to sleep with the sluts, but never love them. Oh, the, the the hypocrisy and the double standards of contradictions are mind-bendingly ignorant. Like, it's, I don't participate in any of them. I just observe them, and I'm like, fuck y'all dudes. Your shit is stupid. Your macho stupid bullshit doesn't satisfy you sexually. It doesn't satisfy women. Mm. You, you're all mentally confused, physically unsatisfied fucking dysfunctional and unhealthy and like but i hope you have fun busting nuts like i mean like as, as if like reducing everything like, <laughs> jesus um i mean you seem to be a person who who watches things and, and takes it all in yeah. um what is probably like the greatest thing you've learned from doing porn have you have you learned anything just by people watching and all that kind of stuff in the industry. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, I, I plan on writing a few good books about that. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 pe people are infinitely interesting. Like, um, I'll give you primarily, like, uh, I love that you said Russian goddesses because I look at women on that level. Like, I just magnificent. Like, the core of the problem of, like, war and sexuality is looking at man as this like the center god being and like women is always servants like mm -hmm. people can't perceive women as goddesses as them to serve like even though like porn is the only thing where women are even close to like economically balanced and like most women kind of run porn but men are still controlling the women that run porn but anyways like porn female porn stars are way bigger than male porn stars oh, yeah. So, so yeah. it's like that's it's the only industry in the world where that's the case but I mean, so women are starting to see their power there and I love to give that power and like, I love to be a part of it. Um, I got so lost in your question. I, like, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking like, what are, what are some, uh, famous like household name porn stars? And the only one that comes to mind is Ron Jeremy yeah. and Peter North, Peter, Peter, North. Peter North, uh, Sparks. See, you, you've TJ lost me. Sparks. 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, there's Shawn Michaels, there's Lexington Steel, there's James Dean now. Um, <clears throat> male porn stars are kind of, but then there's for every one guy we name, there's five. There's like ten. five women. Yeah, yeah. Jenna Jameson, we go on and on and on. And I want to see, like, oh my god, the brain just starts blurring. <laughs> blurring like, oh, yeah, we only have an hour. Yeah, we exactly. name all up. the poor female um, porn stars. God bless you all, all of you. <laughs> but um, especially. Amy Anderson from here, and she's doing great. I, I don't oh. think I've, I've met her yet. Amy Anderson, please. A N D E R S S E N. This isn't a question so much as a point that I want to make, but I love you, Amy. Uh, the the term that I'd used, which by the way I'm editing out every instance of because I need to cover my tracks. Um, but I tend to I, I almost hold women in reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, and I know for a fact that I'm tracing this back to having a great mother and father figure, no, seeing how the two of them related to each other so well that I can't not, like, I have to treat women properly and respectfully. So when it comes time to what I'm going to watch when I'm alone at night, I almost enjoy watching women getting dominated because I know it's something that I can't do. And I know that porn is a fantasy. I know it's a falsehood. It's just like the 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 escapism. Like I, I know video games aren't real, but I escape myself into that because there's things in games that I can't do in real life. Things in movies that I can't do in real life. Awesome parallels. Amen. I feel you. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really, I'm really. I never actually connected video games with porn like that. But like, yeah, I, yeah, the, the two of them don't come up very much with each other. <laughs> yeah, but it's that's exactly what people are doing with it. I mean, it's. I mean, they're all slight, you know, things are really starting to blur, and that's the magic of life. There are things in movies that, like, have happened, and, like, and then there are things in movies that just can't happen. Like, sure. All, but then, you know, that's the same, and same thing in porn. Like, it's it's a fantasy, but it's also a fantasy made by real people. It's it's weird to, like, I've broken the fourth wall, you know, and, like, some, like I watch my own porn, and I'm like, oh, my God, there is a time where I used to be, like, I wonder what it feels like to be that guy. And I'm like, I've been that guy. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know exactly what it feels like. <laughs> and like, so, and, and I've even done some like sci-fi kind of porn stuff where, um, where you really start like blurring all the lines of everything and people are going to see it and have one perception of what the final product is. And I'm going to know in my mind, like, the creators of it had a totally different process and like had a, had, we had different feelings than you might have when you watch it. Like, cause it, it's like Brad Pitt and Angelina don't, you know, they're different than like Mr. And Mrs. Smith when they make that movie, but people are going to go watch that movie and be like, Oh my God, they like you're impressed by the final product, but that's the fantasy. And like the reality is Brad and Angelina have a different reality that might be even more crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they got seven friggin' kids from all over the world. She's a UN ambassador. He's like one of the richest, like their reality might be even better than any movie that's ever made. Sure. Yeah. And like my sexual reality is way better than some of the porns that I've seen. Like I've got some experiences that can, <laughs> Oh my God. I, sometimes I look at my life like, wow. I, yeah. It's great. But I actually, I remembered, I, I want to add, to, I really want to finish the question. You, you said, um, um, it's, I, I talked about goddesses because learning the infinite depth of each and every woman has been one of the great experiences in porn. Like when you asked one of the, what, what's one of the things I've learned? And it's, um, everybody is so magnificently deep and mysterious and profound if they like start opening themselves up and stop being afraid of exploring their sexuality. Like, 
most of the society, we're just trained to like limit ourselves to one person and one, one this and one that, and just like not explore or be fearless. So yeah, well, like I discussed with different uh, guests who are polyamorous, uh, you know, we discussed the idea of you know loving more than one person and how it just historically made sense because you know nowadays you have people who are married for like forty years or whatever. But back in the day, when you were married for someone for their entire lifetime, that could be till they were 25. Yeah. You know, with plagues and droughts and war and without proper hospitals. People died, like, all the time. So it was... That made sense for the time. It made sense for the time, right? But now, we don't go to war very often, like most people. We send the armies, but it's not war here. I think it's uh, something that never really clicked really until now, but with the idea of getting married young and then you hit maybe 35, 40 and just in your, in your, in your, or even younger than that and your mind changes, it's not a death, but it is a changing of the self. So it's almost like a, you're, you've become a new person and that person doesn't want to be married to that other person anymore oh, because true. both people realize, well, you're not the person I married. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. That's what happened with my marriage. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, and it's not the end of the world, really, though. Because, I mean, this concept of uh, holding one promise for the rest of life is... N- there's no other realm in life that actually is eternal the way people think that marriage should be. And it's like, you know, there's no children. There's no jobs. There's no... there's there. Everything has seasons and everything dies before the end of your life. Everything. So why do, why do you want to hold one sexual relationship to be... The, the concept of happily ever after is the biggest poison for so many people. Like, it's... Like... Like, that's assuming, like, to high school, that's, that's assuming you would be high school sweethearts and the cheerleader and the football champion for the rest mm. of your life. Like, are you kidding? No. Like, what if when your grandparents or something else, like, what if you want a different experience in existence? Like, another lover, another place to live, another something. Like, I don't know. Like, marriage, if it works for you, like... That's great, but like there should be some in kind, there should be something in the vows to be like. I think even Karis One had this in his Gospel of Hip Hop book. He said that marriage should be re renewed every five years. Like you should stop and look at the marriage and be like, do we still want to be in this? Mm -hmm. And if not, then it's cool to let it go. And like I was like, that's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. It's, uh, it used to be a song called Popular by a band called Nata Surf. And they said, uh, only date the same person, only date a person for two weeks. And when that two week, uh, window is up, you date the other person. Now you can go back to dating that person, but you have to date someone else in between. Nice. So it's an interesting take on keeping relationships fresh or uh, finding out who you really are through relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was kind of, kind of neat. Uh, keeps my life great. <laughs> has, has being in porn affected your personal life or your sexual life? Ah, so glad. It's like mostly yes in a positive way. There's been a few women who kind of approach me. A few women have seen some of my work and been like, hey, I saw the new pictures you put up on the internet. 
they're beautiful and magnificent. And do you want to get together in the next couple of days? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm free. And hey, that's cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Whether you want to articulate the reasons or your intentions or motivations behind calling me if you were just thinking of calling me before you saw the pictures or you weren't thinking of me at all and then or maybe saw... she's at the walmart right now getting them printed yeah. <laughs> she, she, she has to be discreet yeah. and it's, it's cool what kind of frame would you put on a picture like that uh, i mean obviously I obviously I it would be hard wood right i'm thinking of an aged oak something that has has a has a history to it but no i'm just thinking just like when you get uh, a stack of 50 of them from your trip from a disposable camera you just print them all and you just flip through them that's it in those uh in those photo envelopes flip through like a little christmas cards um uh well to answer your question um it actually it has mostly positive positively impacted my life um um i also i'm not going to be ignorant and in the next breath i will say i know that if i was a woman i would have a way different conversation about that um most people i've told my family um most of my family is super cool with it i have one aunt in jamaica who's not cool with it and i'm perfectly perfectly comfortable with disagreeing with her because um i love her but i think she's coming from a very conservative um traditional perspective that yeah. has mm -hmm. nothing to do with my reality and like i'm a grown consensual man making this decision to love and satisfy beautiful people who also choose to be theirs no guns no drunkenness no nobody's being forced against no their will bullshit. no bullshit so like i i sleep great at night consent is sexy Consent is the sexiest. And yeah, so um, it's, it's made my life great. Now, when it comes to other porn stars, do porn stars like uh, uh, Chloe Chaos, who, who are known for dropping the N-bomb, like, does that offend you? Um, not really my, not, not particularly more than anybody saying the N-word really offends me. But I, I don't know, I have my own personal... Uh, relationship with that word that uh, you know everyone feels differently about it and i don't think i have the traditional feeling that maybe a lot of black people feel about it um but i don't like what anybody says it i don't use it um the, to be honest the only time i use it is when i'm singing songs from my childhood that's really like i'll just be straight up if i'm singing songs from if i'm singing an nwa song yeah you, you can't you can't yeah do and, nwa without dropping the n-bomb yeah and like i don't care like like you know the the problem to me is thinking that it's a trigger to incite anger and whatever and like if anybody says it like to me like try to call me that i'll be like thank you very much for giving me a perfect concrete example of how ignorant mm. you can be it's this is beautiful this is a beautiful moment in life like i i've never allowed somebody the the satisfaction of me getting anger if they were to call me a nigger so like i like i don't care like i see her like i've heard it in porn sometimes sometimes like i see and hear some weird shit and i'm like wow that person's beautiful but kind of ignorant like that's kind of basically how i feel like you know i'm like well you know and like that's just the way of the world like not you know there's a lot of beautiful women i see that 
could be cold hearted or like not so beautiful on the inside. Not so beautiful on the inside in various permutations of ugliness. So, so like yeah, I hear that and I'm just like I don't I don't like when anybody uses it. Like black people too. I fucking hate when black people use the word. Like I don't because the philosophy behind it is so flimsy and like oh well, it's like we want equality, but we want to not let white people use the n word, but we want to like. Everyone can use most other words in the language, like this is English and whatever. And like English isn't even a black language. Like there's no, like there's so much fucking. Yeah. There's no logic in any of it. It, it seems to me that yeah, it, it's I find it especially uh, frustrating when someone of color uses a derogatory term for someone else, <laughs> and then you call them on them like, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can't drop the N bomb, but you can go around calling people faggots. That's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. There's no respect. Yeah. Eminem is an extremely problematic um, person to me in that sense. Um, But that's a, you know, that's another conversation. Like this guy will not use the N word, but he uses faggot all the time and says all this incredibly homophobic, sexist, really fucked up shit. And like. Wow, dude, like, I, I don't know, this is not, this is in the same breath saying he's a very brilliant, talented lyricist that I'm very inspired by, and he's a fucking awesome musician on some levels, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, um, very clever on, on a lot of other levels, oh, just yeah. with his wordplay. So clever that I will put out here that I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that Eminem is a closeted bisexual male, and, um... And it's one of hip hop's biggest secrets. Apparently, he doesn't talk like that in front of his his daughters at all. Of course not. Yeah. Well, you know, there's other people who feel perfectly fine using all those words in front of their kids. Yeah, I know. People are celebrity is funny, and the the, the things that people are in you know in reality. I try to be like I'm wild and passionate, and like. I'm pretty much the person in public that I am in private. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not faking it. Like, no, no. my passion is real. My my zaniness is real. Like, it's not an act. <laughs> so, since we talked about a bit about hip hop, you are a, a, a rapper, right? Hip hop yeah. artist. Yeah. Uh, you go by the name Mindbender. Yeah. How'd you get into to hip hop? Well, you know, um, you know, young Canadian male, like, you know, it was on the radio. My big brother was a, my big brother was actually a <clears throat> breakdancing champion in Edmonton in 1985. Really? Yeah, yeah. And like, I used to see him breakdance at like disco rings. Yeah, yeah. It's called Sports World, like old school, like, Funky, windmill, yeah, yeah, windmills on, on, and then, you know, roller skates and boogie girls and, and you know, crystal mirror balls. That's like my childhood. So, um, yeah, like, you know, music, dancing, and sexiness, it's, you know, one and the same, you know, listening to Prince and Michael Jackson in the early 80s, and then LL Cool J, and... Have you ever seen, uh, Little Richie, I think I'm... Is, uh, Not Little, Little Richard? Little Richard. In, uh, I haven't... Seen. Like, old, old pictures of him? Yeah, hell yeah. When he was actually little? When he was, he was hot. <laughs> and you can, if you look at him, and then you look at early Prince... Prince was fucking copying them. Wow. Of course. So, I I found that funny. Yeah. I love, like, my actual dream is to be what Prince was in the 80s, 
I'm going to bring that into the future of hip hop. Like I've been saying that to a few people, but that is exactly what I'm going to do. Like the androgynous, fiery, passionate, like no shame, what fucking so ever wild sex man, sex rock God that Prince was in the eighties. Like I'm going to do that for hip hop culture. That's like the future of Mindbender and Malcolm Lovejoy. So it's going to be fun. Um, it's funny you bring up the word shame, and the thing I can help but wonder is that yes. is there a way that for people who do feel shame to overcome that, or do you just have to be born that way? Do you have to have not had something happen to you in order to not feel it? That's a great question. Um, maybe Prince does it, but he is so talented at keeping it at bay or keeping it in the back of his mind that you don't get the impression that he actually does it. Well, you know, he had parents that were probably against his sexuality. His mom was a Jehovah's Witness. and Well, he is too, isn't he? He was for a few years. I'm not too sure he still is. Like, I, I'm not saying I can't make that judgment, but it seems like like I have a one of my lovers is a major Prince fan. She's going to hear this. <laughs> and we were discussing this. It seemed like, because he actually, um, it was a promise to his mo- mother when she died. For him to become a Jehovah's Witness, so then we, that's when people were hearing, "Yeah, Prince is going knocking door to door, like, and it's for real. He'll come in and sit down and talk about the Bible with you." Like, but it, I don't know if he's doing that anymore. So it's yeah. like, like for a few years after his mom died, but you know, now he's actually back on Warner Records and acting like the rock star that we all. So uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not to say he's not still Jehovah's Witness, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if he. Um, but we were taught the shame though. That's really important. Um. I never really had shame and I had some parents that were pretty liberal. I was, I was very lucky and I was also very lucky to never be abused. I had a very good, I moved around a lot. That was my one thing in childhood. Like I, I said goodbye a lot. That was mm-hmm. like my biggest trauma, but, um, I didn't, I was never abused physically or emotionally. And, um, uh, so I never really learned to be, uh, um, like when my parents caught me and my brother like fooling around with girls in the basement, they just called us up and were like, "Okay, well, I guess you're old enough and um, wear condoms and don't to, don't fool around in front of your little brother." And I just, you know, they were they were. It was never a bad moment in my family as as far as um, sexuality and shame goes. So, I think that people can just just need to really learn what's more important, like satisfying the judgments of some people who don't even really care about what you want or doing what the fuck your body is naturally telling you to do. Like, you know, like it's the concept around masturbation. Like, you know, we're all like when we're young, we're like, Oh, you're not supposed to masturbate. And then it's like, there's a point in time where everyone is like, I can make myself feel good by fucking rubbing my dick. I'm doing that shit. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm well, I would it. wake up and there'd be a mess in my pants. I'm like, all right, well, if it's going to happen anyways, I think I want to have some control over it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, there's that, we, people would go through that alternate thing, either with masturbation or sex. Like, oh, society says I'm not supposed to do this. But when I do it, it feels so fucking good. Oh, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm not, fuck off. Like, just maybe one of them is wrong. And like, maybe it's the thing that doesn't logically tell you why you shouldn't do this. Are you a recovering Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Because for me, I mean, for about three years of, of my teen life, uh, my hand was connected to my cock all, all the time. Yeah. It was, they were almost inseparable. Yes. 
Uh, I'm not a I, uh, no, I, I can relate to that. It, it, I didn't yeah. start until like grade 12, but after that point, it was like star-crossed lovers. When, when I was Where doing, have you guys been? When I was doing jerk-off porn, one night I wow. jerked off so much, I wore a hole on my penis. A hole? Oh Yeah, because it's friction, right? Oh. So it takes away all the dead skin. Okay. That makes sense. That was a little painful. <laughs> Yeah, wow. I, can... I think it was like it was like a six-hour shift, wow. and I was, I came every like half hour. Whoa, that's I was young. impressive, man. I was young and, and that's all I did right. for like my late teens, early twenties. All I did was have sex. Yes, good times. I, oh, <laughs> some of them were good times. Um, that's awesome. No, because. Malcolm, you come across as, as very much a, a an open-minded, sex-positive, you know, person from from the few times I've seen you uh, in different interactions. I try. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, would you agree that hip hop is rampant with misogynistic and, and homophobic lyrics, like we were talking about before with Eminem? Yeah, yeah, but not any more or less than. Hollywood or politics or the rest of the society that hip-hop comes from. Um, hip-hop is the perfect modern mirror to the youth and now to the, you know, to the Jay-Z's and Kanye's and Eminem's who are all having children and all in their 30s and 40s. Like, you know, it's in Snoop Dogg's like 40-something. Like, this is a reflection of a generation of Western culture and civilization. So, yeah, you know, it disgusts me. I love these guys. It's it's the duality of everything. There's a little bad in every good and a little good in every bad. Like all these Hollywood movies, like it was it Hollywood movies aren't like what they were in the eighties where the bad guy was purely bad and the good guy was purely good. Like, you know, one of the big shifts in Hollywood was when Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx came out with that movie because Tom Cruise played a bad guy in collateral. And it's yeah. like, you know, like all, I mean, I'm saying that to say all these hip hop heroes fuck me up because they make these brilliant songs and uplifting, like Save the Ghetto songs and inspiring lyricists. And, and then you hear about them maybe beating women or using fucking the bitch in too many of their damn songs. I love Snoop Dogg, but bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks has been a problematic chorus since 1994. Like, Dr. Dre is my hero. But he's also been one of the most fucked up misogynist dudes I've ever learned about in life. Not only that, but when he was with N.W.A., at one point he says, you know, drugs and, and microphone don't mix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he comes out with the Chronic album, talking about smoking trees and rolling blunts. Yeah, and it's funny. like, that's complete about-face from your previous statements. So... I mean, I think Dre's a bit of a sellout. Well, you know, to be honest, I'll also say this here because no, I doubt anybody has the fucking guts to come and approach me about this and have a serious conversation. But I also believe that Dr. Dre is gay and nobody in hip hop is mature enough to deal with this. Tupac said on one of his last fucking records with Tupac's like, this, I'm about to die. This is some of the realest shit I ever wrote. Tupac says Dre is gay twice on that record where he names not only the man who shot him, Haitian Jack, but he's like clearing out his whole closet, naming all his enemies, all this stuff. And then he's like, oh, yeah, well, fucking fruity ass Dre and all this shit. And it's like, 
I mean, Suge Knight said Dre is gay. I genuinely believe Eminem and Dre have a very interesting sexual relationship that has gone on for many years. I don't even think they're lovers anymore, but I, I genuinely believe this is one of hip-hop's hugest secrets. And I mean, I'm saying that to say, like, Dr. Dre has had an image of being the godfather of gangster rap for so long. He's gangster and chronic and blunt. But, you know what? But, like, it's just an image. Dr. Dre is married, and I don't even believe that, like, you don't even see his wife. His wife is a beautiful woman, but I also believe she has a beard. And, you know, I don't believe that he's genuinely, genuinely interested in women as much as the image looks. I think Beanie Man's a big closet case. Beanie Man, too? Wow. I never really... Just because wow. his, his loathing of gays wow, never... is so ridiculous. Wow. You know, he's on stage, and he's going... If you don't like pussy, you're gay. There's, yeah, the two didn't know that. Everybody knew that. How is this surprising? It's a fairly objective statement. If you're a guy, you're not into vaginas. Well, that's that. That's that. There you go. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Thank you for for pointing out the obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. A, a little like, bit. A like, little bit. Like some of these politicians, you know, like. Like, yeah, like, and, and how many times do you find out that they're against X and then you find out that secretly at home they do that same thing? Exactly. Like, exactly. And all the, you know, a lot of these pastors and priests and stuff be like, you can't repress sexuality and you can't oppose and fucking oppress sexuality and really not have some kind of twisted shit in your psyche around it. And like, I think most people are pretty kinky. They're just afraid to admit it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we're all animalistic. I I feel that we're we're raised with morals that really nobody is interested in keeping. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they don't even apply to the reality that it, it's supposed to exist around, and it doesn't it doesn't create order, it doesn't create peace, it doesn't create harmony, it doesn't create happiness, and it's I mean they're just for the benefit of a small circle of people who benefit greatly socially, economically, intellectually, spiritually from exploiting a whole mass of society. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, don't worry. Who are some some of the people you've enjoyed performing with? (laughs) Sexually? Yeah, for your porn and for your hip-hop. (laughs) <laughs> I love that life is like that for now. That's why I say I live, I'm living my dreams. I love my life. Um, I, I I got to perform with Ghostface Killer and Capadonna on Friday. Just, no way. Yeah, just I got to pull it. Shout out to Trini. Trini, big up. Trini is uh, Raekwon's manager. So big up, Trini, my homie. He pulled me on stage when... Um, we were at Rockpile East in Scarborough, and yeah. Ghostface was there doing a show. Ghostface Killer, one of the greatest MCs of all time, and uh, he brings Capadonna, and then they have the segment segment where they do Protect Your Neck, and um, Aeson was even there, old dirty bastard's son with his mom Susie, and so they I actually got to perform it in Dundas Square, and I got to do old dirty bastard's part um, with Raekwon for uh, North by Northeast a couple years ago, and we yeah, I got to. That's me. dope. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it happened again, and Trini pulled me up, and I got to do Method Man's part from Protecting Neck this time. And nice. So I'm just rocking on stage with Ghostface Killer and Capadon. That was just on Friday. That's like, that's gonna be like. Did you come in your pants? Uh, no, no. But my brain did melt. Dude is a legend. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> and, and you know, knowing how much you're just so passionate about 
uh, hip hop as, as an art form that just that had to be like the pinnacle. Yeah, these moments are great. I like to close my eyes and look back and see that, like, yeah, I was standing on stage. And, you know, Cappadonna hands me the mic and and <laughs> just the little, the little moments, getting my arm around Gold's face and saying something in his ear. Actually, um, he gave me a shout out at the end and uh, he's like, yeah, this brother right here. And then I got to, I was like, yo, my name is Mindbender Supreme. And he's like, word, Mindbender Supreme? That's powerful, man. I'm like, oh, God. My hero says it's, my name is powerful. Yeah, it's it's uh, when I was doing stand up, and I'd, I'd post something on someone else's wall, mm-hmm. like one of the pros, and if they liked it, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, you know it, cool. you know that's it." You're like, "Yeah, eye to eye." But um, also with uh, with women, um, I'm honestly like I'm going into this to find the heaven in every woman. I I walk around and I have this exercise called the eyes of God. And I I look at everybody and I just look at a woman and say, I love you. You're beautiful and perfect. And I look at the next woman and say, I love you. You're beautiful and perfect. And I just, I I make my brain warp and and twist and, and just see her as the most divine, perfect woman in the world. So like, I just, even if I can't see it myself, I'm like, I imagine the mind of the man who looks at that woman and is like, that's my perfect woman. So I'm going into porn doing that. Like, I love a double D, huge tits, huge ass, long legs. But, like, I've had some amazing sex and amazing sexual experiences with women who are, like, small chested, huge waist, huge, like, kind of square body. Just, like, not the typical pear shaped, like, not, like, big belly. Like, just, I've had some beautiful moments with Every type of woman, tiny little petite women, every skin color, every shape, size, like, so like, I, let's just say like, I'm having fun with every single woman I'm have, touching in porn. There's been not a single bad performance experience. Cause like, that's how, if you approach it with a certain mentality, you can't have bad sex. People are like, yeah, well, you know, when's the last time you had bad sex, Addy? I'm like, when was the last time you had a bad slice of pizza? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. There's a, there's a threshold. Right, and yeah. <laughs> The worst pizza I've ever eaten. Sex? I'd say a, a bad piece of cake. Like, personally, I can't. I, I don't know if I've ever had a bad piece of cake. Oh, I, had to, I, had to, I had to tell you the worst uh, slice of pizza I've ever eaten. And I'm getting, and I want both of you to say that too. Um, there was this restaurant called Nichols that was like owned partially by Celine Dion. And my mom took me and my brother there once when we were kids. And I ordered the pizza because I just I loved pizza. I'm a kid, right? And Ninja Turtles. And so I picked <laughs> yes. up the slice of pizza and all the toppings no slid right off. No, oh, no. Everything. Yeah. The whole thing. I was just left with, uh, with, the, with the dough and the sauce. I still ate it. Yeah. That was that's that was the crux of the story. So it's like, all right, well, I'll put it back on. I'm going to try again. That's hilarious. <laughs> You're right. That does suck. Yeah. <laughs> I've not had a worse slice of pizza than that. Poor Joe. Oh, man. Uh, worst pizza I ever had was uh, this place just off the Danforth. And it was just, it was cardboard. It was just tasteless. Oh. I you know I can honestly say I can't think of a bad slice of pizza, but um somebody I can think of a, a one piece of chocolate cake that I it was so disappointing I bit into it it tasted tasted like styrofoam it was uh. dry uh, 
the person was sitting right in front of me and I took one bite and I wanted to throw it out and spit it out. And I was like, you're right here. And I, can't and I, I want to throw well, up. That was the person that made the pizza. The, oh, the, 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 the cake. Yeah, cake. Yeah, and I just had to just eat the whole thing right in front of them. Just <laughs> like I want to puke. <laughs> so I just still ate it. I ate the whole thing. Every bite was excruciating. It was so nauseating. I was just bad. Yeah, but she, um, uh, yeah, she was a polyamorous lover, and uh, yeah, she had a really nice ass, yeah. and a good heart. Yeah. A good heart is good. Yeah. Nice ass is better. <laughs> Before we uh, so, started recording, we wanted to talk about Toronto women. Yeah. We want to get into that, but did you have any other questions, Eli, that you well, wanted no, to ask? We'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, Toronto women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you, you like Toronto women? I take it. Toronto women are the best women in the world. Toronto women are also arguably some of the most challenging, difficult, worst women in the world. I've dated a few of those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think Toronto women are just like people everywhere, mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, the same wants, same desires. Um, when you say people everywhere, it's funny too. When you think of Toronto as the cultural uh, nexus of the world, so it actually is people everywhere. I, I don't know for a cultural nexus of the world. We're pretty good. Uh, uh, relatively to the rest of the planet, we're pretty good, but. I mean, there's a kind of like Eurocentric, Western, middle class kind of gloss to where we, you know, it's not like our. I like, can definitely see it going in that direction yeah. with the with the way Toronto, downtown Toronto is being kind of transformed right before us. Yeah, but you still find those pockets of grit. Of course, and there is the multiculturalism does exist here. I think better. Um, we're not nearly as segregated as New York or L.A. or. Some of the other cities in the world that have multiple yeah, um, cultures in them. Yeah. yeah. Well, L.A. is uh, is well. I mean, New York is interconnected. You can go anywhere you want just via the subway. But L.A. is multiple pockets uh, spread out by land, so they're even more, uh, I guess, introverted. I guess because they have to really only interact with their own people or drive out to the other places. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, interesting city, and really different from the way Toronto or New York operate. Mm-hmm. And the way that it um it affects the women here, <clears throat> I think we you know the mix of cultures as far as you know a few generations of of in- immigrants having children with each other um, has made a very special mix of beautiful multicultural thinkers and beings in Toronto. That's why I think a lot of musicians, a lot of people come here and are like, wow, Toronto has some of the most beautiful women in the world. And it's true. Whether they're born here or they're the children of parents who immigrated here or whatever. um, I think we have some of the best women in the world looking wise, but um, we still have a very Christian conservative um, Victorian values as far as sexuality goes. Like Toronto is um, technologically so advanced. It's actually the Facebook capital of the world. We have all this media here. There's, there's so much, like, we have universities, you know, U of T in York, all these, like, progressive universities, and we have all these marches, and we have all the, you know, all this entertainment. We have, you know, so many options, and all these other levels of life were progressive and, and revolutionary, and, you know, Vogue magazine says Queen West is the second coolest neighborhood in the world. It's like, yeah, but when it comes to sexual culture, I think Toronto's per- fucking regressive as 
fuck. Yeah. We're, we're very scared. We're very limited. We're, we're not very public. We, we could learn from Brazil. We could learn from Miami. We could learn from, we could learn from fucking Spain. We could learn from all these other cultures that are actually honest. The term the that I've brought up in the past, and this wasn't, this isn't just sexually. This is just more, um, people in general in Toronto is insecure. Insecure. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I think part of it comes from Toronto. We, ha- we have a lot of uh, progression, but we also tend to lose a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Our sports teams do well every now and then compared to other cities. We've had uh, an arguably a loser of a mayor for the last little while. <laughs> there is no argument. <laughs> 30% of the Toronto population will disagree with you on that. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. But, but, I mean, he, he's, uh, he's been uh, – people looked at him as thought of as an embarrassment to Toronto. Of course. And uh, and those are just two examples off the top of my head. And then you think about how all the all of the greatest talent – can't get very far here so they leave they leave because they don't want to be a loser they want to be a winner they want to be a success so they have to go somewhere else that's it and uh, we're not even as sexy as montreal no, straight no. the fuck up just even like, like not even close not even close we're not nearly as liberated as montreal is sexually and i remember bits and pieces from montreal yeah so i mean so we have and this is what i'm saying like I, people are like, why don't you move to Cali and do porn or, or, or even Montreal? And I'm like, well, Toronto has all the elements to be the next great porn place in the world. That's why Hollywood North came here. Like Toronto has the, that's why Drake is blowing up. That's why Justin Bieber is doing great. Like Southern Ontario has all the fucking elements of a magnificent, of actually like a leading world class city for the 21st century on planet Earth. It's one of the first places that had transgender porn. Trends like on so many levels, so many like gay marriage has been here forever. Like there's so there's certain levels we're very progressive, but as far as being honest and being like, yeah, let's talk about fucking. Let's talk about yeah. When you walk down the street, how many fucking beautiful people do you see every day? Everybody is constantly drowning in seeing beautiful people, unless you're walking around with a blindfold. I see beautiful people all the time. But can you talk to them about their sex life? It's like, are you happy? Are you are you in a what kind of situation are you in? Like, are do you are you going to these clubs and just being fucking cheated on by every guy and going? Are you a, another jaded woman who's just like doing yoga or doing fucking some other way to express your sexuality because you don't trust the men and like just all these campaigns against like you know talking about rape culture and all this shit like millions of women unhappy in North American society just because sexuality is so fucking dysfunctional. And it's just like, wow, like I'm, I can't even participate in any of it. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm on another level. I'm polyamorous. I'm doing porn. I don't participate. I don't go to clubs to pick up girls. I don't pick up women on the internet. I don't use fucking okay Cupid. I don't use grinder. I don't use none of that shit to make my sex life happen. I, I'm not saying it's bad. It just doesn't work for me. And like, there's just the honesty is gone in a lot of it. The like, the body language is gone. I don't really tech like fuck. This shit is so unhealthy to me on so many levels. Like, yeah. Uh, but thank you for listening to my rant. Uh, you guys, like, you bring up a great point, and it, and it needs to be talked about. It, it, it yeah. is a good point. Um, a lot of people just get what they want and then just run away. Like, I'm just gonna get one person to fuck and then like dive out of the whole fucking thing. Can we uh, make a note to uh, listeners is that this is not the first or the last time that we want to talk about this. Yeah. Like, write in. We want to hear what people are saying about this. Do yeah. you agree? Do you disagree? Do you feel like we're actually going too far? Like, I, it's it's a huge deal. 
Totally. totally. I, I am. I, it's just what I'm seeing. I could be right. I could be wrong. If you have solutions for me or you guys, please. I'm all ears. This is about conversation. And like, That's it. It's, it's conversation has to start somewhere. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, it's just about not being silent about it. I'm just, I've everything. I stand behind everything I said. It's just what I'm seeing. It's not even a judgment. It's just observations. I'm just seeing people unhappy. I'm seeing people unfulfilled. I'm seeing people not expressing their actual desires. I'm seeing, you know, we, we see divorce. People are like, sure. you know, not everyone is supposed to be married. Not everyone is supposed to have a monogamous relationship. Like, I don't cheat. I haven't cheated in two decades. I barely, like, I tell a woman, I'd like to fuck you. I just say all kinds of inappropriate things. I don't say, actually, I'd like to fuck you in the first date. But I, I'd be like, I'm having genuine emotions for you. I'd love to see you again and share some sex. Like, or I wouldn't say it exactly that. Like, I yeah, take yeah. whatever is the delicate and feels right in the moment. But I'm just like, I confess my emotions is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, a lot of women are like, oh, my God, that's very forward. I would expect us to go out on three dates and, <laughs> and you just confess that in three weeks. I'm like, well, what if I'm feeling it right now? Why, why would I? wait three weeks i'm not playing no games like this fuck this shit i don't normally date women until after the third time we've had sex right <laughs> <laughs> i love you that's, how that's, I do. that's brilliant <laughs> mind bender yes sir you got a throw for us yeah yeah i i totally An exclusive i totally fucked up and i i actually i'm gonna be super real i was i woke up this morning and I had a call from a lover. I have a variety of lovers. Um, I pretty much have sex every single day of my life. That's um, awesome. Uh, six days out of, for most of this year, I have sex six out of seven days and I'm satisfying beautiful women all the time. It's, and on the Sabbath, you rest. Yeah, dude, I'm like, I spend time with my cats and I re recharge my body. And yeah. like, so, um, I woke up and I was like leaving to go see a lover this morning. She was actually, she's, Actually, I think a nymphomaniac, like genuinely insatiable sexual appetite. And most of the women that I'm with these days, I don't even ejaculate with. I don't ejaculate at a lot of my porn because I'm like, I, she just came four or five times and I'm not even done. I still want to fuck. And she's like, I can't keep going. So like, so I found somebody who's actually a match for my sexual appetite. I was on my way to see her. And then I, I looked at the, I was like, oh, it's the 30th. And I remembered the show. I'm like, fuck podcast 30 and i was like do i have time so that's why i came straight here and i didn't have time to go home and grab the cd um thank goodness the time she wants to meet is later this afternoon so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, the legend of malcolm lovejoy shall continue um <laughs> he said to us to wrap up though <laughs> yeah, um I'm, I'm saying all that to say i couldn't bring you a cd but i remembered a song called pimp cool it's um it's an acronym. I'm not an actual pimp at all. At all. I'm very much a fan of female. Do you think that the, the term pimp has been used too much? Probably. Or it's too acceptable? It's way too acceptable. Because for me, a pimp is a piece of shit. Yeah. That takes money off of uh, hardworking women. But also, I think a pimp is a boss. And I think a pimp is pretty much any boss in capitalist exploitation business. I think... Well, I, I think there can be security guards or drivers or management, but the moment you hit a girl because she doesn't want to work, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of, you're a fucking dehumanizing savage. And yes, I'm, 
I'm all about independent agency. Everyone should control their own body. Everybody should have control of their own sexual power and how much they want to charge or not charge for that. So like and ind individually, independently, every single person on planet on the planet should have their own independent sexual, intellectual, economic exchange agency to be like, I want to sell my words or my physical labor or my sexual labor or my anything for this price. So that's actually like the prime reason I'm getting into porn. It's actually a civil rights issue because anybody on the planet who can't express their own sexuality is oppressed. Anybody, every culture, every person. So that's like, I'm not even getting into this to bust nuts. Like, I don't really, you're not going to see me ejaculated in quite a bit of my porn, anybody. But you are going to see my sexy fucking body. Like, I'm in the best shape of my life, lady. So I'm, I'm in the worst shape of my life. <laughs> but but so, there's, a, there's a market. There's a market for each one of us, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, there's, I appreciate all this. And uh, so here's PIMP. Um, it's an acronym. And think of the acronym because it stands for Pussy is my paradise. <laughs> And it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> Pussy is my paradise. That means pimp. A hundred percent man. But my favorite color's the pink. Pussy is my paradise. I'm a pimp. Nymphomaniac. Rapper wondering where the world's finest vagina is. Heaven on earth opens when I'm spreading her legs, feeling her delicate breasts is also heaven again. Her body is a soft porn movie called Bootylicious. When I'm viewing and screwing with it, she screams, oh my God, like my dick's the new religion. Bow down and kiss the scepter slash big Willy Wonka lollipop that you can suck and lick forever. Drink the liquid pleasure. That's also good for your skin like aloe vera. Pull it like a pleasure lever and push it like salt and pepper. I hit it like Hank Aaron. I'm a swinger with a big bat. The winner of the home run girly derby. Yo, I already did that. I'm coming for the century club. Wanted to be crowned with a few thousand lovers before I enter the next level of heaven and above. To some, it's just flesh with a curve. To me, it's to touch the number one finest pleasure on earth. Fully aware of my instinct to be inspired or paralyzed by good-looking beauty of the rarest kind. From private affairs at night to starting a harem like a pharaoh, I swear to Christ, pussy is my paradise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my kind of rap. <laughs> Speaking of rap, Eli, take us out. All right, Malcolm, Malcolm Lovejoy, where can we find you? You can find me at MindBenderMind on Twitter. Um, you will soon be able to find me at MindBenderLovesYou.com. Keep an eye out. And um, you can just Google MindBender Supreme. Just, you, you can find me if you really want to find me. I know. How you can also that. Google Malcolm Lovejoy and come up with a lot of his videos and stuff like that as well. True. Malcolm, thank you again for being a guest. And uh, join us next time when we discuss the history of vibrators with Matt McLean. Matt? Is that right? Okay, I just got to give you a shout out. With Matt McLean. Sorry. I, I just, you got, you got a whole bunch of Batman stuff on, and I'm a huge Batman fan, so I got to just. 
give you props. Well, thank you. I, I, it's uh, the number one detective. I got my belt too, my little Joker belt. You got a Joker belt. Oh my god. Joker's my hero. I love the Joker. Oh my god. I love this back. <laughs> I love you guys.